Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, Stephanie. Hey hon. So we've got some great topics before we get kicking off. As always, if you're listening to this on audio, then we invite you to head on over to our YouTube channel, The Everyday Millionaire Podcast, where Mindset Matters is in there. And there you can comment and build this community with us, like, share, subscribe, get the notifications as they say, do all the things that we need to do to build a YouTube channel. So enough about that. Now, we got a cool topic today and a little bit of an announcement to make. First off, we are doing a working session. That's the announcement on September 6th. It's a virtual working session, and you can go to the Everyday Millionaire page, so the everydaymillionaire.ca, and it is a free working session. And we're going to be talking about that today, and one of the things we're going to be talking about on that working session is decision-making. Well, I think that's why we decided to do the working session is that we wanted to do this podcast and talk about decisions, indecision, what is in the way of making powerful decisions, setting powerful intentions, et cetera. And all of a sudden, you know, we're talking to Cheryl and she's like, you know what, you guys, I think we need to do a working session. And lo and behold, you know, you happen to be home for one day in September. So we're going to do this free working session on decision making. And I think that's I'm excited about it because that's one of my most powerful words on all the jerseys and all the sweaters and everything that I've done for the last 20 years. I will stamp the word decide on the back of a jersey or a sweater or in a in an email to somebody because to me, making powerful decisions is the most important thing to move your life forward in the direction you want it to go. Decision making is an interesting topic, isn't it? And we know that you know, as we do this working session, the intention is, is to support people in kind of examining where they get stuck making decisions, how they can do a better job. And really, it's also about getting to know us. This is a live virtual event. Uh, we're kicking it off, by the way, 5 Pacific time, which is 6 Mountain time and 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to cover the country and you can register at the everydaymillionaire.ca. So I say again, this is going to be a cool session. Ah, you're going to have to decide to register. How's that? There's your first decision. So if you're one of those individuals that kind of bumps up against the process of making a decision, Stephanie and I are going to be doing that working session to support you in doing that. Now, we are intending to continue to grow the Everyday Millionaire podcast, as well as Mindset Matters, as well as our shift coaching programs. And so this is really about our the people that listen to us occasionally getting to know us a little bit better, and getting some work done. It's a free, it'll be about 90 minutes, and I guarantee you, you're going to walk away uh, much better equipped to make decisions. So, with all that being said, let's get to work here today on talking about decision-making. So, the question that we need to put out there is, what the heck gets in the way of people making decisions? 
So I'll throw it to you. You can open. What's your thoughts? Well, for me, I think the biggest thing that gets in the way of making decisions is not knowing the outcome. We make decisions and we get a result. Whether we like the result or not, we get a result. If you like the result, you move forward, keep doing that same thing. If you don't like the result, you stop doing it. That's why when it comes to decision-making, what I've really come to over the years is that there's no mistakes. You just need to keep making decisions. There's no mistakes. There's just results. And I think that's where people get stuck is that they don't want to have a negative response or a negative result. Well, you know what? 50% or more of the time, you're not going to like the decision that you made because of the result that you got didn't take you in the direction that you wanted to go. So what, what I think what I would like to be able to present or to, to discuss tonight is that regardless of the outcome, regardless if you know, because none of us have a crystal ball, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But what I want to invite people to do is just keep making decisions. One small decision in the direction of your goal, sometimes that's all it takes. Okay, so thanks for that worldly advice, but that's what's in people's way is making those decisions. Just go make a decision. Okay, well, that's like being a try it again coach. You know, we have to break it down a little bit. Let's give some people some food for thought about let's consider what gets in the way of making decisions. Now, I know for me that depending on what it is, you know, I'm very quick to make decisions. Interesting, we're doing a renovation here at home and, you know, the the guy who's kind of leading the charge in taking on this renovation, you know, he made a comment to me a couple of different times. He goes, dude, I cannot believe how quick you make decisions. Now, apparently in the renovation world, when you're dealing with people who are in the middle of renovations, they have trouble making those calls. Apparently I don't because he's blown away at how quickly I make decisions. Now, I hadn't thought of it, to be honest with you, it's just what I do. Having said that, it stood out for him. So I think, you know, when we look and say, well, what gets in the way of making decisions? You know, there's a lot of things. Number one, lack of clarity of what it is you're trying to achieve. But I think two is that information overload in this day and age is really a problem. You know, we got so much information in the world today and it's easy to become overwhelmed with just the sheer volume of data. So you start to research it so that you make a good decision and then you've got all of these options. And then on top of that, you've got conflicting information because you've got really different viewpoints from different so-called experts, and how do you even take all that information and dissect it? So we're going to talk about this on the working session and how to overcome that, but I think that's one of the things that gets in the way of people making mistakes is information overload. But the one I want to throw to you, and this is one of the, I think, the more common things about making decisions, and that is the fear of making a mistake. Well, that's what, you know, happens with athletes all the time is that they don't make decisions because they don't know the outcome and they're afraid of making a mistake. So when you think about and you you drill down on what a mistake is, you look historically back into your history and into your life is like, okay, so how many mistakes have I made? I mean, there's so many analogies in sport, you know, whether it's Wayne Gretzky or uh, Michael Jordan. I mean, how many times they didn't hit their mark, they didn't score a goal, but they still kept moving forward, making a decision taking the shot, taking whatever it took to move them, move their lives forward. The mistake aspect of it, I think, can be paralyzing. So when you think about, you know, the decisions you've made or I've made that were based on indecision or based on not wanting to 
know or not understanding that we don't know the outcome so that we sit into the the world of indecision and indecision then becomes more powerful than actually making a small decision in the direction you want to go so as we often say indecision is still a decision and this is the thing that people don't get is they sit on the fence and there are fear of making a mistake there's the other part of that which is the fear of failure which is really something that how do you get people past the fear of failure and you know in all of our years of coaching and literally working with thousands of real estate investors and business owners and just individuals you know that comes up what are you afraid of well i'm afraid of failing at that no no don't step over that i don't think that's actually the fear i don't think it's about failure i think it's about what people are going to say if they perceive me failing a hundred percent. That really is underlying the decision or lack of decision is the fear of being judged for not achieving whatever outcome you are stating that you want to achieve. So it's the fear of judgment more than it is the fear of failure. It is rare, rare, rare that you have catastrophic failure in a decision that you make. It may not work out the way you want it to work out, but it's more a case of the fear of the judgment of others gets in the way of people making it a lot. Now, here's another one really common, and I've been guilty of this over the years, depending on what it is, and that is analysis paralysis. You know, the overthinking and that kind of excessive analysis really gets in the way of people making decisions. And we look at different kind of, I'm going to call it personality types, but we see it. It's common, for example, with somebody that has an accounting brain or an, an engineering brain. Like those individuals are really good at working with uh, Excel spreadsheets, which I'm not, by the way. But that's both a gift and can be a bit of a curse because they overanalyze and it gets in their way and they can't come to a conclusion and they have trouble moving forward with a decision. Now, what's your kind of thoughts on that particular analysis paralysis, get stuck making decisions there? Well, I think the the reality of it for us, you know, back in the day, hon, when we were looking out at an eight um, unit condo in I think Devon, Alberta or something, and we went in, we just, we knew this was the property we wanted to buy and we went home and we did what we thought was due diligence. But the truth is we overanalyzed it. By the time we came back, we lost the deal. But it wasn't over analysis. Here's where we, where I screwed up on that particular deal. I've shared that story often is that I was so busy doing the analysis that, and I had fear of making the offer because I didn't really understand, you know, the, the process. And the reality of it is, as a real estate investor, you learn very quickly, write the offer, then do the analysis. So it was uh, one of those lessons learned uh, that I sometimes, this many years later, I reflect on that and go, oh, oh, how much did that cost us? So anyways, again, though, you know, that was a mistake that I made. The indecision in the was not about indecision as much as it was about not understanding to get that offer submitted. This was very, very early on in our I guess, real estate investing career, if you will, or world. So that's what got in our way there. Now, there's another one that's uh, quite common, and I see this and we see this with clients all the time, and that is really a lack of clear goals, a lack of a clear vision, and then having 
within that vision, what are your priorities? So that if you don't have that clear vision and you don't really know what your priorities are within that, uh, it's very difficult to make that decisions. You know, they just don't have a really clear understanding of what their outcomes are going to be. And within that vision, of course, is clarity around your values. Those are all things that get in way of making decisions. Anything you want to add to that? Well, you, you keep bringing it up, like values, right? Your priorities. How do you know if you're making the decision in, in the direction of what you want to do next if you don't know your values? So when we talk about decision-making and when we talk about it on our working session, and I don't want to belabor it or over-exaggerate, but if you don't know your values, it's very difficult to make a decision clearly in the direction that you want to go. So what gets in the way in that analysis paralysis, first of all, and then not knowing your values and not knowing what matters to you in terms of your priorities, that's the other thing that gets in the way of decision-making. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting about all of this. And so back to you, you know, you said something about the working session. Again, it's on September 6th, right? Right. Bring a pen and paper. You're going to want to make notes and you're going to do some stuff. But I, I want to just shine a light on that. But I also want to come up with something or share something, you know, that we know a lot of, you know, financially very, very successful people. And when it comes to business, when it comes to doing deals, man, oh, man, can they make a decision? But... They lack the ability to make decisions on a personal level, on a relational level. They even lack some of the, I guess, fortitude or skills to make decisions when it comes to their families, to their kids. So it's interesting that when it comes to decision making, it's easy to get stuck on certain aspects or if you don't have the awareness around it. And, you know, maybe, like I say, maybe you're very savvy in your career, in your profession, uh, in your business. And so decisions are really easy. But how are you in terms of making decisions when it comes to your relationships, uh, when it comes to making decisions around how you want to move forward with the relationship? If you want to move forward in a career, for example, how many times, Stephanie, have we uh, worked and spoke with people who are indecisive uh, I, I hate my job, but I'm afraid to quit it. Uh, should I quit it? And they literally could not decide. And you talk to them a year later, they're still in exactly the same place. Well, I think that's the, the part of that that's hard for us as coaches, I think, and as people who really want to see the best in people and want to empower people to step into their best life is that when we see people sticking in indecision and not making a decision because they don't know what's going to happen, I think to me, that's one of the saddest things is that none of us know, none of us have a crystal ball. None of us are going to go forward. But if you just decide to decide and just make one small step in that direction, like I hear what you're saying, because we've worked with so many people that are going, well, I don't really like the life I have, but I'm afraid to step into the life that I want. And I think that's why this working session is important to me is that I want to be able to kind of step into that and and dig into it with people as to why they don't want to have the life they say they want. What's that about? And I don't want to go into the psychology of it or down into the deep trauma, but really we need to know if you, or you need to know why you don't want to step into the life that you say you want. You know, it's so interesting, isn't it, that we make little decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we've also had the experience of going for dinner with somebody, for example, and you know, I look at a menu, sometimes not. Maybe I take a few minutes to per peruse a 
menu in a restaurant that we haven't been at before just because I'm looking or I don't know what I feel like, so I look at the menu. But I have literally sat and watched somebody stare at a menu for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and not be able to make a decision on that. Now, there's a pretty good indicator of you know where they're at in their decision making process, and that's the psychology of it. And it takes practice, you know, making decisions and little decisions, you know, uh, something to pay attention to. The one thing where I do get in trouble, and I am so guilty of this, even today to this day, is that the emotionality of decision making. So, in other words, making emotional decisions when it's more appropriate to be more thorough in the research in gathering the data and making data-driven decisions. As much as I really try to do that, on some of the decisions where I didn't get a result, I reflect on it and I realize that there was some emotionality behind it. I didn't pick up on it when I made the decision. And that will often come back to bite me in the ass. Yeah, not often. I think pretty much always comes back to bite us in the ass is that the minute you transcribe your logic or your bigger picture thinking and make it emotional, I think that's where we get connected to our past traumas or our past mistakes, so to speak, is that what happens is, and then we just, we get paralyzed and then make the quickest decision. And what is it? Is it Einstein that said, you know, in order to get a different result, you have to do something different. You know, there's some famous quote about that. And if we just keep circling around and end up in the same spot, it's how do we help people break down their decision-making process so that they can get the result they want, not just this historical result they continue to get? Yeah. You know, it's interesting about decision-making and just how big a topic is. is. I mean, we're neither therapists or psychologists, uh, but there are therapists and psychologists that support people and help them go through the decision-making process, understanding their own decision-making process. There's even what they call behavioral economists that you know help individuals with strategies to overcome the challenges of making decisions. You know, so it really is a kind of a deep topic, and so. You know, what we like to do in the space that we play in is, you know, put it back into your space, to our client space, where they're having conversations differently in terms of how they are looking at the decisions that they're making. They're breaking it down differently. And and as importantly, I think, is that getting people to understand that they have to step back to look at what's getting in their way. And when they start to see what's getting in their way, it can be helpful. You know, we look at and we talk about this just in a kind of a broad sense, you know, being able to come to overcome, you know, self-limiting beliefs. And, you know, we have all these kind of deep-seated beliefs and past experiences that can really hold us back from making decisions. And so there's just one idea of like what's in your way it could be a, a self-limiting belief. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that, but that's also circles back to values. If if we have the ability to discover and uncover our self-limiting belief system or our BS, our belief systems, then there's also a conversation that needs to be in, well, we could invite people into that says, okay, are you willing to look at your belief systems? Are you looking, are you willing to look at what's in your way when it comes to the decision that you want to make going forward? And where's that fear locked into? Because the fear 
could be what's driving the decision. And on the flip side of that is the belief system could be driving the fear. So when we do that working session, you know, I think what I'd like to be able to do is have some interesting and direct conversations with people because this is, I think it's a Zoom link, right? It's a Zoom call. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we're going to be able to take questions. We're going to be able to work on different things that are looking at. And I mean, we're going to have to do an overview because it's only an hour and a half or whatever. But that is, to me, what can loosen that grip on historical behavior patterns that can actually identify. And if you can identify what gets in your way of making decisions, you will make different decisions that you will actually get a different result. And to me, that's where the magic of this, like this conversation is, but also hopefully in the working session. Yeah. You know, we talk about fear a lot. And as much as we think about fear of failure, you know, we talk about less of that. It's less about fear of failure than it is about fear of judgment of peers, friends, family, that kind of view, if you will, that kind of fear, but it's also fear of rejection. You know, if you make that mistake that you're going to be what, ostracized? I don't know, kicked out of the tribe? Uh, you know, maybe yeah. that's where it is, right? We don't know. One of our biggest fears, right, is, you know, significance is our one of our biggest drivers and being alone is our biggest fear. So being kicked out of the tribe is a real thing. Yeah, for sure. The other one that gets in the way is perfectionism and, you know, what, I guess there's paralysis in the f- perfectionism. You know, we talk about analysis or paralysis by analysis, but there is this idea of perfectionism. And how many times have we had somebody look at it and go, yeah, the problem is, is I'm a perfectionist. Well, okay, yep, that How's is a that problem. For you? <laughs> that is absolutely a problem. Uh, you know, who sets the benchmark for uh, perfection, if you will. And it can really just have be so detrimental to our own kind of personal and professional growth. And so, you know, to ever, we have to overcome that tendency, uh, we'll call it perfectionist tendencies, and really take action. And that's where you get the confidence to understand that it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you don't need to build a baby grand piano when a simple player piano will do. And this is time and again where we see people get stuck. Well, the, also what I've discovered over the years is there's a, a difference between perfectionism and excellence. Like I always say to the athletes or the people that I work for, you know, strive for excellence. A, if you want to, you know, hang out in perfect, then you're going to fail because there is no perfect. Like there'll be something else that comes up and will just continually not be perfect. But what if you just strive for excellence? Well, you know, as we go through, you know, some of these things that, we see get in the way of people making decisions, you start to realize just how complex decision-making can be. And no wonder it's so hard sometimes, you know, to make a decision. There are also one of the things that I know for myself that I get stuck on sometimes in making decisions is if I've got a lot of things going on, I will get overwhelmed with the volume of things I have going on, at least in my head, right? So it's a case of, I need to get that stuff out. I write things down because then it becomes focus management. In other words, when I can get really clear on what I need to focus on, decisions come easier. But if you're not good at what some people call time management, which we believe that's a, is the right term misnomer, it's really focus management. That's where productivity lies. And that's also where 
good decision making comes from when you start to understand what your focus is. If you're overwhelmed with a to-do list that you don't know where to get started, you're going to be struggling to make decisions. Well, the to-do list is also an anomaly. It's also a perfectionist quality, right? Like we can, for me, when I'm working with somebody or even with myself, it's, I, I got to toss the to-do list. I have to actually create an I will list. Like, yes, we can do a to-do list, all the things we have to do, but what are the things you're committed to? Like I've been able to eliminate my to-do list down to two or three things a day on the things that I will do. And then I, I feel good about that. And then I move forward and I can, you know, grasp and, and, and articulate the next few things that I need to do. But it's, if I just don't understand that if I, if I just take the to-do list, oh my gosh, it's like a tsunami of things I'll never get done. I'll never be good at. I'll never actually fulfill on that 72 things on that list. But if I just drill it down, take two or three things and say, this is what I will do today then there's some confidence that gets built. And then I start to believe in the fact that I can make decisions in the direction that I want to go based on that I will list. That's an interesting way to look at it. I have a different thought on it in that mine isn't really a to-do list either, I guess. I don't know what I would call it, but I have a lot of things that I want to get done. And then for me, it's getting it out of my head so I'm not carrying it around, recycling the things I want to get done and getting it out on a, you know, in writing in front of me where then I can start to decide what are my priorities. So it could be 10 things, but I may only get one thing that I decide is a priority for that day or uh, two things that I'm going to get one, something done in the morning and I'm going to take a break and go finish it up in the afternoon. Who knows? But for me, it's more about getting things on paper. I just can't carry that much stuff in my brain. I'm not that smart. Well hundred percent. And that's, I think, what the biggest issue is for a lot of people. But don't forget, we're, we're dealing with high performance, you know, world-class athletes, high net worth people, people that are wanting to move. Like think of the people that are, will be drawn to this working session. It's people that want to go to the next level. I will bet you they all have a giant to-do list. And if they don't get it done by the end of the night, there's some failure stuff that goes on. So I'd like to reframe that in a way that you, when you get those things done that you need to get done, those priorities or those, uh, the, the I wills, so to speak, mm -hmm. is that you actually go to bed with a, with a calm mind and with a peaceful oh, body. So clear. Yeah. That's so important. Okay. A couple things that I think we would want to shine a light on for somebody who's looking at, you know, decision-making and how they are with it. And that is just negative self-talk. I mean, that on itself is a whole topic, but that's where decisions can get blurred or I guess gray and or not clear because you've got this negative self-talk where you're just not confident that you're making the right decision. And you may be trying to get all sorts of people's views on it uh, because of that negative self-talk that you've got going on. So how do we shift, you know, and get into a mode where we're not second guessing ourselves, And that goes back to a little bit of a how-to, which is you know, making small decisions along the way. We're going to talk about that in September when we do our working session. And then the other one is around, I think that we need to hit on, and I want to have your comments on this, Stephanie, is around decision-making, it means, I think, it's like, it's like change or going or doing something different 
often means that we're leaving our comfort zone. So aside from kind of that risk aversion muscle that kind of, or that thought that may kicks in because you're second guessing yourself and you've got all this negative self-talk, you're also leaving your comfort zone. And I think it was just the last podcast we shared that change is really challenging. And until the pain of staying where you are gets greater than the pain of making a decision to step outside your comfort zone, you're going to have trouble making a decision. So leaving the comfort zone, that's a big one. It is. And the pain of staying where you are, you know, until it gets bigger. And that's, I think, where we've really seen a lot of movement within the past with our clients, et cetera. But I want to just circle back and not step over the negative self-talk. Because when we're talking to ourselves negatively, we're hearing our own voice berating us. Who's giving us that script? So we're actually hearing words, talking to ourselves in our head about what idiots we are and how we're losers and how we can't do that. And and it gets super loud. And I'm thinking, well, whose voice is that? You know what? It's your own voice. And I think what I want to be able to bring up, not necessarily tonight, but on the working session, is that until we shift our language, it's our own voice in our head. We can control, it's like visualization. You know, it's funny. I was working with an athlete one time and he was a brilliant, brilliant figure skater. And we were doing some visualization work and we were working on a triple jump or something. And he would do the visualization in his head. And two or three weeks into it, he's like, yeah, and I keep falling on my triple axle. And I'm like, in your visualization? He's like, yeah. I go, you know, it's your visualization, right? (laughs) You can actually land that jump in your head but why do you continue to fall? He said, because I always fall on the ice. I said, well, listen to it. Why don't we change it in your brain? Why don't we change the language? Why don't we change the thought first and then see what happens on the ice? And it blew his mind. He's like, I never thought of that. He kept falling in his own visualization. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. And now I bring that up every time I work with athletes or even people when they're doing visualization. It's like, you know, it's your visualization, right? That's hilarious. Isn't that? Well, you know, and there's a, there's whatever, you know, there's lots of sayings around, you know, our own self-talk to your point, we're writing our script Uh and, you know, why don't we write the script and talk to ourselves the same way we would talk to a best friend or to uh, maybe a child, you know, something that says you're awesome. Would we say to some kid, you suck? You know, no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't call them an idiot. We wouldn't tell them how dumb or how uh, incompetent they are or how they don't deserve more. We would tell them of the opposite of all of those things. You rock, you're going to crush it. You'll get better. We have all these, you know, but we we don't have those same conversations with ourselves. And that is really, you know, if we're going to write a script for ourselves anyways, to your point, uh, let's land that jump. Let's make it uh, like we would talk to a good friend or somebody we cared about immensely. And, uh, you know, that may be just one of those little shifts that we have to bring to to mind and start paying attention to. Well, it's really funny, you know, just to share a little story is that when I started to understand that my self-talk was dominating my decision-making power, that's where I really had to take a look at the results that I had. My life was a reflection, not just of the, my thoughts, but the words and the things that I was saying to myself. So this is funny. Just I think you know this about me, but there was a point where I had to do some such deep inner work, and it's called mirror work. And I actually had to do a mirror work exercise where I went into the mirror and had to actually call myself girlfriend. I said, hey, girlfriend, you're looking pretty hot today. 
And my self-talk was like all crazy. It's like, no, you're not. You're fat. You're ugly. You got zits. You got giant pores and you're never going to be good enough. But I really had to actually follow a script and say, so now when I look in the mirror, the first thing I say, even if I'm brushing my teeth, I call myself girlfriend. I say, hey, girlfriend. And I had to make friends with myself in my own head. And when I did that and I shifted that, a lot of things changed in not just how I saw the results that were happening in my life, but how the energy in my body softened. So I know it may sound weird, but I call myself girlfriend. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound weird to me. I think there is, these aren't giant shifts either, by the way. I mean, these are moments in time where you're bringing your awareness to how you're speaking to yourself and you change it up and, uh, you know, be aware of the negative self-talk that you have. If you're talking and speaking, you know, negatively about yourself and questioning your competence, your intelligence, you know, there is always those not enough conversations that happen with, you know, different phases of our life where we're just not smart enough, not good looking enough, not tall enough, whatever the not enough conversation is pretty common. Uh, but we need to catch ourselves and shift it and always be very, very clear that you are enough just the way you are. And that will, in fact, help you come to a conclusion in making a decision. So we covered a lot of ground. You know, we're going to dig into the decision-making process, support people in kind of looking at where they are in their decision, what gets in the way, and give you a few tools at our working session that will hopefully help you be aware and come to a conclusion where you can make better decisions. And that comes from, you know, really kind of self-reflection, if you will, uh, looking at some of the things that specifically are getting in your way. Again, we talk about, you know, business guys or real career-focused individuals who are on their job and they can make amazing decisions. Yet when it comes to day-to-day -day family life, <laughs> they're stuck. You know, it's really uh, one of those things. And just where we get in our own way. Long story, we're going to be working on how people can make better decisions and some tools and tricks to kind of get over that. I'll leave the last words with you, and then we're going to sign off. Well, I invite anyone who's interested in this. Is I mean, this is the first time we've done this in a long time. And again, there's no cost to it. And we have enough people on YouTube now. We have like, I think, seven or eight subscribers, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and thousands of downloads on audio. But if you want to hang out with us and dig into some of the decisions that you need to make in your life to move your life forward. Because don't forget, there's also the inertia factor. In the last three years, three and a half years now, there's been some whole bunch of shit gone down that people are not making decisions because they are afraid of the future. They're afraid of not knowing. And I would really love to be able to have a conversation with you or just to at least have you listen in on a conversation while we walk people through or just Patrick and I just talk to each other about the things that we've learned. And I want this to be invitational. I want it to be insightful. I want it to be, I want it to matter, you know, to you that your decisions matter and that your decisions matter to your life and to the family and your family and to the businesses that you own and that you run. And so that's really my last word is that I'm excited about this. I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> we're being exposed. You know, it's not like a shift where people are already bought in and we really we're going to dig into stuff. This is a big deal. We're opening it up to the to the community and we really would love you to be there. 
Perfect. Thanks for that. And listen, folks, go to TheEverydayMillionaire.ca and you can register to be part of the working session. If you're part of our mailing list, our database within the RAIN community, for example, you'll be notified as well. So lots of opportunities to join us on this working session. Stephanie, thanks a lot. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.